The following program contains important but graphic material. These topics are designed to foster discussion, but may be objectionable to some. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. This program is a training program on human trafficking, sextortion, social media exploitation, and child pornography based on actual cases. Our mission is to eradicate human exploitation and bring predators to justice. Now, here is the host of the program, Opal Singleton. Well, hello and welcome to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. This is Opal Singleton, and we are going to talk about a hard, hard subject today, and I need your input. We're going to talk about the foster care system and foster kids and how they're violated through sex trafficking and what can be done. And I'll tell you, this is a tough, tough subject. So we'll jump right into it. Uh, You can call in on this show. Now, I see the statistics, and I know that most of you listen either in the evening show, because this show is rebroadcast several times throughout the week, and also they're archived. They're all archived at exploitedcrimes.com. That is exploitedcrimes.com. And if you go on to exploitedcrimes.com and hit listen, you will see that there are about 70 hours now of shows that have been recorded on a huge range of subjects on there. We get into all kinds of technology and live streaming and blockchain and Bitcoin. And uh, we talk about when boys are violated and when the female is the perpetrator and the art of grooming and the psychology of grooming and fantasy relationships so we cover it all and today this one will go in the can when we're through and it will be all about foster kids so you can certainly look at those through the archive by the way you can get an embed code and that is simply by emailing me at opal o-p-a-l at million kids and if you'll email me and if you want an embed code for your own site you can post this on your own site and there are many podcasters that are currently doing that so it's kind of like I'm syndicated here and I appreciate that because it helps us get the word out all around so what is happening here is that uh, this week a headline came out uh, headline says, Chilling NECMEC, that is National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, NCM like Mary, EC, National Center Missing and Exploited Children. By the way, that's John Walsh's uh, organization. He started that when he lost Adam Walsh. Uh, this is America's Go- Most Wanted, and uh, John Walsh is certainly one of my heroes. Uh, he and his wife have suffered a, just a major, major tragedy and have spent their life turning that around so that they could help many other families that are going through this kind of thing. So the headline, Chilling Neck Mech Report, shows 88% of missing sex trafficked kids come from U.S. foster care. So whenever a headline hits like that, people who care about me and kids and the work that we do send it in to me. So I've been swamped with that headline because it got everybody's attention. And so I thought I would address that on this particular show. And this is a complex subject. I'm going to tell you, I don't have the answers. Uh, I understand the problem. I understand some things that can be done about it. And I'm hoping that maybe you will come along in this journey with me. By the 
way, this is a very deep-seated, complex issue that is not going to be resolved with a bake sale, okay, or by standing on a podium screaming the system is broken. Uh, Either of those two, that's the opposite ends of a spectrum on how to fix a problem, either of those two are, you know, maybe will help, but it isn't going to fix this problem. The problem is, is that we are... Uh, putting a a Band-Aid on a gushing aorta is what is happening here. And it's a lot like the homeless problem that we see in Los Angeles or New York. It is a very, very complex problem. Basically, this is a problem of individuals uh, because their home life has broken down in some way, and then the government steps in and tries to fix it. And we all can tell how well that has worked out. But before I go too far, I want to start with this article because there's uh, some deceptive uh, information in this article. I'm not saying that the people who wrote the article are deceptive, but I am saying that the way all of this is calculated um, skews it uh, one way or the other. You see... I guess I probably have a, a bone to pick about that. Let's call it that. What happens is that I started in this business early on 2008, and there weren't many of us in those days. And I have always been a person that is a fact-based, hardcore, non-melodramatic person. Now, that has cost me dearly because me and kids is not very big. Uh, we do have a mighty big impact. We make a huge footprint. But I've never intended to be, for instance, World Vision or Shared Hope or somebody with thousands of volunteers and like that. I'm not that kind of person. On top of it, you know, I'm a person that uh, is all about research and training law enforcement and, and finding ways to come up with hardcore answers. So I am not a person that stands out there and screams big statistics. Uh, I should be because it raises a lot more money. There's many, many organizations right here in Orange County. There's over 125 organizations that are combating human trafficking. Some of them are just doing a dynamite job and uh, doing it in ways that I could never dream possible. Having said that, there are some out there that are just throwing out very large numbers just so that they can get money. I, I watched one group a while back go on, and they were bragging to a, a private government committee that I was um, testifying before, and they were saying they raised $5 million from churches in Southern California, but they didn't have a licensed home uh, just to care for people. So what they're doing is preying on the good hearts of many church people who look at this and want to do something. And uh, so it sounds really, really sexy that they're out there raiding hotels or, you know, going undercover or, um, you know, going to Thailand and taking kids. And you will not see me supporting those organizations. And uh, I, this, I'm off on a tangent here, but I say that because when I get involved, I want hardcore, real answers. And that's what this show is about. So let me tell you what I'm talking about here. It says, uh, NECMEC reports that 88% of missing sex trafficking kids come from foster care. 
Well, let me just kind of lay the groundwork for you because you have to understand what is going on here. First of all, there's a law, the federal law. Let me get my research here. Sorry about the sound of the paper. Um, this is coming from NECMEC's site itself. There are two new federal laws that have been enacted in response to the increased awareness of and attention to the prevalence of sex trafficking victimization among system-involved youth. In other words, we already know that at least 60% of kids in commercial sex, that that would be the word prostitution, we don't like that word, but if you're new to the show, what we're talking about is commercial sex. 60% of youth in commercial sex um, that are being exploited, truthfully, come from the foster care system. So that number right there is very, very disturbing. Uh, New federal laws enacted in response to the increased awareness and attention to the prevalence of sex trafficking victimization among system-involved youth. Under the Justice for Victims of Trafficking Act, the Child Abuse Prevention and Treatment Act, definition of abused and neglected child was amended to include sex trafficking victims irrespective of the relationship of the abuser to the child. So what they're saying is even if it's a family member, if they're uh, sex trafficking victims, irrespective of the relationship of the abuser to the child. So what they're saying, if the child has been abused, and especially here in California, if you're under 18 and you are in commercial sex, you are a victim of sex trafficking. So in order to be eligible for captive funding, states must ensure the child welfare professionals are trained to identify, access, and provide comprehensive services to child sex trafficking victims. Then they go on to say the Preventing Sex Trafficking and Strengthening Families Act includes a requirement that all state implement policies and procedures to identify document, and this is where we're going to come back to the word document, and determine appropriate services for victims of sex trafficking. It also requires that state social service agencies report any children who go missing from their care to both law enforcement and NECMEC or risk losing their state's eligibility for federal funding under Title uh, 6E of the Social Security Administration Act. So now you know the world I live in. It isn't all sexy like this. You have to lead, read all this legal jargon and try to make sense of it. Here's what I've just told you. That's the, the legal version of it, but let me just give it to you in a nutshell. What it is saying is if a child in the system runs away, they have to be reported and the reporting is going to NECMEC. So what happens is that all runaway kids from welfare system, uh, from the child welfare system, have to be legally reported to the police who then report it to NECMEC. So let me explain why these numbers are um, maybe deceptive, okay? In Riverside County, we have about 600 kids that run away a month. Now, these are anybody's kids. These are your kids, my kids, kids who get pissed off, kids who run away with a boyfriend, kids who uh, think they want to be a movie star, uh, kids who think they're that they're talking to Justin Bieber, and so they go out and meet up with them. The parent goes down to the police department and fills out a form, a missing child form. If they are part of the system, they get reported to NECMEC because that is what I just read you. It is required by law. 
However, all the other kids do not necessarily get reported to NECMEC. What happens is the police then start about saying, well, maybe they'll come home. Most kids come home in the first 24 hours. They break up with a boyfriend. They decide they made a mistake and they come home. So the problem with this number is it doesn't reflect the total number of runaway kids. It only reflects those kids that are required by law because they are part of the system to be reported immediately through NECMEC. So the number is somewhat skewed, okay, because there are many, many, many more runaways than get reported to NECMEC because they're not required to be reported. But kids in the system are required to be reported, and they are required to be reported to NECMEC. So while they're requiring that to happen, what is happening here is that they are using this Number, number one, to get our attention on how bad this is, and for that I thank them, but it also skews the information to the public on where we're at in the total number of runaway kids, because that is not being accumulated across the nation through police departments, so that we can say, you know, truly, uh, you know, 10,000 kids ran away this year, and 60% of them were from Uh, the system. We're unable to get that documentation. All I'm telling you is that this headline screams big numbers. Uh, Part of it is to raise funding, but part of it is to get people involved. And all of that is very, very bad. I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not suggesting the problem isn't a very serious problem. It is by far a huge, huge problem. But that number is a deceptive number as far as the total number of kids who run away and what percentage of them really come from the system. So I just want to make that very, very clear before we start into what is happening in the foster care system and what can we do about it. Because there is no doubt in my mind that a foster child is the most violated child out there, and especially if they're a runaway. We're already up against that break, folks. Uh, Stay with us. We'll be right back. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com Seduced, The Grooming of America's Teenagers is the most important book a parent will read this year. Human trafficking is one of the fastest growing crimes in America. Three out of four victims are U.S. citizens. Most are our young people who have been lured into prostitution by a boyfriend or girlfriend or hook up with a newfound love on the Internet. Sometimes they are victims of blackmail as a result of sending a revealing photo. Sometimes it's catastrophic. Opal Singleton, president of Million Kids, has written a powerful book for parents, educators, civic leaders, and first responders about how predators use social media, apps, chat rooms, 
video games, and the dark web to access, groom, recruit, and exploit young people. It is truly a must-read for every parent, grandparent, and teacher in America. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers will help you understand how technology makes an innocent teen vulnerable to predators and how to talk to teens to keep them safe. Priced at $15.99 plus $4 shipping, Seduced can be ordered at millionkids.org. Share this with everyone you know. You count. Tune into Interrevolutionary Radio and join the spontaneous wave of people all over the planet who, like you, are changing our world from the inside out. Follow the movement. Meet guests who are shaking things up. Call in and gain insights and courage to empower your own voice. Large or small, your part counts. So join us. Co-hosted by Helen Hillix, Todd Benton, and Chris Reeves. Interrevolutionary Radio airs live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time. 6 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. If you have a question or comment, please send an email to opal at millionkids.org. That's O-P-A-L at millionkids.org. Now, back to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Here again is Opal Singleton. Well, hello and welcome back to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. We are talking about a very difficult problem, and that is the foster agency system, the foster kids system, the child welfare system, and they're all uh, synonymous. Um, This is tough business, folks. You know, this is like dealing with the homeless. You say to yourself, how does a child end up in the system? And what is it like to be in the system? And why are they so vulnerable? Well, you know, there are a wide variety of cases of how a child ends up in the system. And I do believe that one of the keys here is starting looking back and saying, what can we do to make sure that we are able to keep more kids in the home? Now, nobody wants a child in a home that's not safe. Absolutely. But uh, I also think that maybe more could be done to keep a child in the home. Uh, I think that that's very important. I've worked out of Cambodia a lot. And, uh, you know, the very first thing they do over there, because the family is poor and they can't uh, subsidize the child, they put them in an orphanage. Well, we all tried orphanages, and nobody wants to be raised in an orphanage, but quite frankly, nobody wants to be part of a system. And uh, so I, I do think that there needs to be a greater uh, look at what we can do to support families and help them stabilize and keep that child in the family, if at all possible. Now, that's easier said than done. When you start reading these cases, many of them are horrific, and I am not suggesting that you put those children back in the family. Uh, I mean, certainly we can all be adults here and use common sense and take a look at it. But I do think that perhaps maybe there are more children being put in a family, uh, in a system, that maybe we could, on the front end, try to get some sort of intervention team. Can we uh, do something where Christian families can hold a family together in their own home somehow um, and, and get mom on drug rehab, uh, dad on drug rehab? Is it a financial issue that maybe 
somewhere along the line we can take a look at uh, stabilizing it. So I'm just suggesting that maybe we have just um, allowed stuff to run downhill, if you will, and, you know, it just becomes an arbitrary thing of, okay, we'll put them in the system. The system is like putting a 95-pound gorilla in a 10-pound girdle. It is way overbooked and understaffed. Uh, There are way too many children for what we are able to accommodate. Because the minute you get in the system, you walk away from every sense of control in your life. And, you know, you you lose your sense of home life. You lose your sense of identity. You're suddenly like floating out in space uh, with strange people. And by the way, the very nature of the system is conducive to grooming. You know, they um, many of these kids, once they get in the system, first of all, they already have a hole in their heart as big as the sky. The only difference between a system child and myself is I had somebody who thought I was the greatest thing since sliced bread. Now, I certainly challenged that woman many times, but she never, you know, I never ended up in the system. I'm sure she thought of it a few times, but but it didn't happen, okay? Anyway, my point is, is that these kids don't have an anchor relationship starting often at a very young age. And I believe that that's absolutely critical because it begins to groom them for the need for approval from outside sources anywhere they can get it. And they will spend the rest of their life trying to fill that hole. Okay. And then it becomes, uh, you know, an escalating pattern. In other words, they, they get in a home and they have to perform. Once they get in that home and they, you know, if they don't perform, if they don't behave, they go on to the next home or they're pulled out. That right there is preparation for grooming. You have to do this or you are not allowed to stay. And that's exactly how pimps treat you. So starting at a very young age, we have a kid now with a hole in their heart who desperately has lacked identity. They've lacked that deep-seated sense of belonging that cannot be replaced. It is a hole in their heart they will try to fill the rest of their lives. And then we are already grooming them for approval. And what will happen is they will be moved from home to home to home. So their identity of what a parent should look like, what the parameters for acceptance acceptance is from a parent is changing all the time because foster parents change and they will move them from place to place. So they, they lack their identity. They lack that stability. They lack that sense of security. They lack that deep-seated sense of approval that the rest of us take for granted. And so then what happens is then we start to enroll them in schools and most of them never get to complete a school year. And on top of it, they don't have the ancillary things, okay? They don't have things like baseball equipment and football equipment and band outfits and dancing outfits and cheerleading outfits and, you know, just the set of books that everybody else gets or that silly little tablet that everybody has that you don't have, which is scary. But, you know, what I'm saying to you is no wonder as these kids hit puberty, they run away. 
No wonder they are setting ducks. We call it available and vulnerable. They are the most available and the most vulnerable children out there. And so what is happening is that these kids are are literally, you know, a a model for a pedophile, for easy pickings. Some of them make it through the system unbruised, but very, very few do. And what happens is once you're in the foster system, you know, then you start to get moved around. And I'm talking place after place. You lose your old friends. You, 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 you go into a new school. You know you don't fit. You know, uh, that family has some idiosyncrasies to it. There are other foster kids that they are taking care of. There is not enough lo- uh, places in there. And these kids many times have been sexually abused. And so what is happening there is the very circumstances that we put minors into foster care often have the same factors that make them vulnerable for sex trafficking. You know, the very nature of the foster system creates a grooming environment. You have to please to get acceptance. So these kids are beyond available and beyond vulnerable. Pimps and predators can sniff them out a mile away. And it it all starts, you know, come to daddy. We're going to take care of you. Many of these kids have already been sexually violated in the homes they were taken from. And sometimes they get sexually violated in the system, unfortunately. You know, you you want to believe that doesn't happen, but we know it happens. So we are, in essence, creating, taking them from a system where they're not safe and creating an environment where they are being developed in such a way that they're easy prey to be vulnerable as they mature. And so this is a problem. How do we fix this? You know, I whenever I look at a system like this, I say, what can be done on here? Well, Riverside County has undertaken, um, you know, the legal issue. I, I read with you the legal law, and Riverside County has done an extraordinary job within the system to try to make it better. In other words, every this is called CSEC, Commercial Sexually Exploited Children. And they every all DPSS, all social workers have been trained. I've trained most of them myself. There's about 5,000 of them. And they have all been trained to watch for a CSEC victim. There are CSEC specialists in every division at our our child welfare system. There are CSEC specialists at every major medical facility, and we even have a physician, a doctor, that is trained in CSEC because what we're looking at is we know that when the SART kit is done, the sexual assault kit is done, they need to look for something different in sex trafficking than they would look at at rape. Now, all this is putting a Band-Aid on a bleeding aorta, as I said. They're creating systems to try to intercede to identify to get that child in out of any kind of unsafe situation to get them into specialized training um, get to get them into specialized environments to try to surround them with teams of people that offer victim services we also have trained all of our probation officers to watch for sex trafficking victims because they're being incarcerated as perpetrators and you know a lot of these kids are put in there for things like um, uh, shoplifting and credit card theft and other crimes 
Well, pimps will use these kids and put them out for other crimes in addition to sex trafficking. So we train probation to watch that is this person that we've incarcerated perhaps really a victim and how do we extract them out of that system and get them on a victim services track. So we began to do that. I have trained many of the judges and also the attorneys that handle these cases so they recognize these kids are victims. Now, again, this is a Band-Aid on a bleeding aorta, but it is something that we need to do. We created specialized courts for juvenile females that has a female judge in it to understand that they're victims. We created specialized curriculums within the uh, juvenile hall system. So while they're incarcerated, they can be educated on other things. We've created victim services after the fact to help them get their records expunged so that we can begin to come alongside with them and give them, you know, special needs. Do they need a T visa or U visa if they're foreign? Do they need a job? Are they pregnant? Can we bring in public health? And we've trained all our public health workers. All the mental health workers are trained. Our mental health got a $5 million grant. They have a mobile unit and one of those uh, therapy dogs to help with the victims. There are much to be done there. But this is after the fact when the tragedies already happen. So we're going to start at the next section and talk about what can churches do to help with this problem. Stay with us. We're going to be right back. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers is the most important book a parent will read this year. Human trafficking is one of the fastest growing crimes in America. Three out of four victims are U.S. citizens. Most are our young people who have been lured into prostitution by a boyfriend or girlfriend or hook up with a newfound love on the Internet. Sometimes they are victims of blackmail as a result of sending a revealing photo. Sometimes it's catastrophic. Opal Singleton, president of Million Kids, has written a powerful book for parents, educators, civic leaders, and first responders about how predators use social media, apps, chat rooms, video games, and the dark web to access, groom, recruit, and exploit young people. It is truly a must-read for every parent, grandparent, and teacher in America. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers will help you understand how technology makes an innocent teen vulnerable to predators and how to talk to teens to keep them safe. Priced at $15.99 plus $4 shipping, Seduced can be ordered at millionkids.org. Share this with everyone you know. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. If you have a question or comment, please send an email to opal at millionkids.org. That's O-P-A-L at millionkids.org. Now, back to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Here again is Opal Singleton. Well, hello and welcome back. I appreciate it. We are talking about a very difficult subject of of, uh, 
the system of foster kids and uh, and independent living kids and homeless and runaway kids, and it is really, really tragic. Uh, first of all, before I jump back into that, I do want to take a minute and say thank you this week to all the people that donated to Million Kids. Uh, this show is being recorded in June of 2018, and the summer times are always very, very difficult for nonprofits, and especially a nonprofit like ourselves. We are a relatively small nonprofit. Uh, I am absolutely adamant. I work out of my kitchen. I'm sitting here at my desk right next to my kitchen table. I've been doing that for 10 years. We do that. We work with all volunteers. Uh, I myself get my pay from uh, part-time pay from uh, Riverside County Sheriff uh, and the task force. And and Mona, she runs a jewelry business. And Susie, she she works at Amazon and posts stuff on the side. So we try any time that the money comes in, we put it out for gift cards for for uh, helping get the women off the street. We do it for independent living kids. We uh, have a foreign uh, section that we help with kids that live in a trash dump over in Mesot, Thailand. And, um, you know, we, we educate. We I put 5,000 miles a month on my car going out to educate people everywhere I can. And, and I appreciate the people that help me pay for that gas, let alone the deterioration to my cars. But, you know, I thank you because some of you have donated this month and it's made a big, big difference. I'm, I'm probably the worst fundraiser in the whole world because I'm so busy doing the work. But those people who believe in us, trust us, BMW of Riverside, Armstrong Realty, Colwell Banker, Colleen Horgan over there in, uh, in Riverside, I just so much appreciate all your generosity and keeping us on the air. If you would want to sponsor this show, if you run a commercial business and you want an ad on this show, let me know, and uh, we'll put it on for you and, and appreciate your donation. Okay, so what can we do? Well, the first thing I think we can do is that churches can maybe set and talk about a way to get further involved. Recognize if you have crisis families going on in your church area that you might be able to intercede with, even if they don't go to your church. If you um, see kids that are constantly playing without uh, parenting, you know, uh, is there is there some way that you can support them? Um, do you recognize that they're having financial problems? You know, uh, uh, can you can you bring them two hundred dollars worth of groceries and don't wait till Thanksgiving and give out a turkey and get on TV for it? Just you know, bring them what you need. Do the food pantry thing. Do the diaper and formula thing. And let them know if you're living in a poor neighborhood, let them know you're going to maintain those things and do what you can. Uh, you know, I would say maybe hold a uh, parent symposium open to the public and they get a free gift. And what I suggest there is if you're in Riverside area, I'll be glad to come out and speak at that event. And many churches will buy my book, Seduce the Grooming of America's Teenagers, at wholesale and they'll ho- they'll host an evening event for Foster parents, uh, grandparents raising grandkids, especially if you have that going on in your your community or your church, give them special priority. Intercede with them. You know, offer to take the whole family down to uh, miniature golf or. Uh, you know, a, a concert in the park or something. Take the whole family. Don't just take the children because that's dangerous um, there. But do what you can to intercede and hold that family together so their kids don't end up in the system. Hold a hold this symposium where you invite them in and talk about, uh, you know, 
social media exploitation, sextortion, and and talk about uh, a little bit of how predators prey on kids and give them one of the books and let them know you are there to support your family before they unravel. That's so much easier. Now, if you have foster parents in your community, you know, do what you can to support them. Those people are absolute saints. They probably have several kids and they don't know what to do. You know, come in and get acquainted with them and find out what the kids' goals are. Do they want to play in a football? Get the get the kid a football uniform. Do you realize so many of these foster kids never get to participate in school? Number one, they're not there long enough. And number two, they can't afford a, a football uniform or a dance outfit or, you know, uh, uh, a soccer outfit or any of those things. You know, if you own a, a dance business, invite parents and to bring their girls down to do b- dancing. If you do Taekwondo, invite the kids in for free and give them a scholarship. Or you as a church, fund a scholarship for one of the kids. Get to know these kids and say, how do we come alongside of them? Now, this isn't about money, folks. What we want to do is help fill that hole in that kid's heart. You know, uh, get them involved in music. I remember, I was—I don't talk about my own life much. It's not important to the work that I do and the people don't need to know it. But I was a street kid. And I will never forget when I was 13, we had a pastor and his wife that were young and married and beautiful and, you know, everything I thought I wasn't. And they sang. And I will never forget you know, they mount up on wings of eagles. You know, they shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. These people could sing like you can't believe. I held that song in my heart all my life. And the other one, when you walk through a storm, hold your head up high and don't be afraid of the night. Music can change a child's life especially if it comes connected to a body that cares about them. And so let's give them strength through music. You don't have to be a foster parent. You can be a church that walks alongside a grandparent raising a grandchild, walks alongside a foster parent that is raising these kids. Get involved and let them have a piece of you That's what they're looking for. You see, what is at the heart of sex trafficking is the need for approval. So let's fill up their little hearts as much as we can. Certainly, we subsidize it with financial things here and there. But it is about caring about them, listening to their silly little jokes, telling, you know, letting them perform stupid stuff and be impressed with them. Grandmas and grandpas, we don't do, we don't use you enough. You know, you go, well, I'm old and I I can't do anything. Are you kidding me? What is more important to a five-year-old than the love of a grandpa? And so be careful. You know, you, you don't want to put yourself in a situation alone with them because there's too many allegations these days. But as a family, as a church family, you can do things. You can, you can hold parties and make sure they're the first to be invited. I, I couldn't wait for you to come. Help me with the decorations, okay? Could you come early and help me plan the party? Uh, you know, involve them in your life. Now, what else can you do? You can, you can sponsor a child. You can do uh, faith in motion, okay? 
what is faith in motion? Well, my my or my county has faith in motion, but if you're a church out there around the world, go down to your local DPSS system and say, can we set up a faith in motion program? It is not about putting our faith on your children. It is about simply we will create a list of everything some of your families need that the system is not able to provide them. And then our churches will, whoever first, in our case, it's almost a bidding situation. We have, we run a bulletin board on the internet. You have to be a member to access that internet. And I say that because we want you vetted and like that. But what will happen is a, a social worker will go, you know, I have a, 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 a mother who has completed recovery and she's getting her two children back. And while we can help her in the system, she needs a crib, she needs a walker, she needs a, 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 a I don't know, what do you need? You know, uh, she needs some cute baby outfits. Post that on there. She needs clothes, size 3 and 1. Post that on there, and you just put the general area where she lives, not the address, because you're not, you cannot reveal that. But what you can do is put the general area. And what will happen here is a church will bid on that. And they'll say, I can get you two cribs and I can get you the mattress and I can get you one of those rotating toys on top of it for the infant. And this will come from the Alhambra, blah, 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 Church of Christ. Okay. And so what happens is they deliver it. And there, there is a note on there that says, this is a gift from Alhambra Church of Christ, and we care about you. What it does is it allows people to re-enter in life and allows the community to find the need and give it back. Now, the next thing I tell you is find your group homes, uh, churches. Find your group homes in there and start to support them. We have an amazing group home in Riverside County called Oak Grove. And they have a variety of services, but what they'll often do on a group home is allow an organization to come in and put on an event. For instance, suppose all your ladies get together and put together a a meal, and you go in there and you teach the kids to cook. You bring the pots and pans, and then you have recipes all nicely put up, has your church name right on it, and, and you know how they can contact you and like that. But you cook it with them. And then you give them a recipe book because these kids have no possessions, you know, and, and you might even want to give them a, a set of utensils or some pots and pans, not, not the $300 variety and not old beat up ones, but something they can be proud of that where they learn to cook, give them hope, give them a future, give them a vision, give them a dream and give them a understanding of what they can be good at. You know, if you have independent living kids, you can do something very similar. You know, talk to the agencies that are independent living. These are kids who are 18 and coming out of the system. They are by far the most violated kids of all kids on earth because they're on their own. Yes, they give them programs about how to balance a checkbook and that kind of thing. But why don't you come in and say, we want to adopt you. You don't have to go to our church. That's fine. We just want to get to know you and we want to adopt you. Now, you got this little place here. What do you need? Let's take you to garage sales. 
And you can involve some of your own youth groups so they can make friends and they can bond. And you can maybe take 200 bucks and you can let them go to garage sales and get a blender and a, you know, a rice cooker or I always say let them buy Elvis on velvet, but that tells you how old I am. You know, get them a photograph, get them a picture to hang on their wall that's really, really cool. You know, whatever they think is cool, give them something to lose. What is really important is that you are giving them your time, your interest, your approval, your bonding, and letting them know that they are not out there about to swim across the great big ocean all by themselves, that you are going to be there and what you're helping them buy is simply a momentum to leave behind. And furthermore, if you have something left over in your family that is part of the legacy of your family, give them a note with it. These dishes are part of the Larson family, and they've been in our family for three generations, and you're now part of the Larson family. Do you realize system kids have no legacy? Why don't you step forward and provide it? This is Opal Singleton. We're up against that break. We'll be right back. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Seduced, The Grooming of America's Teenagers is the most important book a parent will read this year. Human trafficking is one of the fastest growing crimes in America. Three out of four victims are U.S. citizens. Most are our young people who have been lured into prostitution by a boyfriend or girlfriend or hook up with a newfound love on the Internet. Sometimes they are victims of blackmail as a result of sending a revealing photo. Sometimes it's catastrophic. Opal Singleton, president of Million Kids, has written a powerful book for parents, educators, civic leaders, and first responders about how predators use social media, apps, chat rooms, video games, and the dark web to access, groom, recruit, and exploit young people. It is truly a must-read for every parent, grandparent, and teacher in America. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers will help you understand how technology makes an innocent teen vulnerable to predators and how to talk to teens to keep them safe. Priced at $15.99 plus $4 shipping, Seduced can be ordered at millionkids.org. Share this with everyone you know. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. If you have a question or comment, please send an email to opal at millionkids.org. That's O-P-A-L at millionkids.org. Now, back to Exploited. Crimes Against Humanity. Here again is Opal Singleton. Well, hello and welcome back. I appreciate you listening to this show. So we are talking about what can be done in the foster care system to change this. You see, these are little things. Uh, it, you know, it's one thing to stand up on a stage, as I often do, and talk about how bad all of this is. And, and all of that is powerful. But what is really, really needed is for people to roll up their sleeves and fix it from the bottom up. And that isn't as pretty 
okay? It doesn't get as much attention and like that. But if you truly want to volunteer and make a difference, you know, I I get calls all the time with people who say, I want to volunteer. Well, what do you want to do? I don't know. How much time do you have? About 15 minutes, you know. I always say their dog gets a paraplegic, becomes a paraplegic. (laughs) Anyway, they have all kinds of reasons because I go, okay, let's do this, 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 and this. And they go, whoa, whoa, whoa. I I just wanted a little project. You can do a little project that can change a life. And we don't all have to be on the stage to do this. These are the most important things to do. And that is look around in your community, your church, your neighborhood, and start to roll up your sleeves and say, here's a child that if I don't intervene, is just being groomed for trafficking. The reason I'm so passionate about this is let me share with you a couple of things. One is that, I, as many of you know, I train on gangs, and many of these gangs prey on foster kids because they're just sitting ducks. You know, they've been groomed from the very young age, and by the time they get to be 13, these guys come in and swoop in and go, hey, baby, you're hot, and I'll be your daddy, and I will take care of you. And this kid is willing to jump out of the frying pan right into the fire because, number one, whatever they've been through has been hellish. You know, especially if you're in a group home. I wanted to finish about group homes. Do you know what a group home is? A group home is a place they dump you off when there's no foster home. And so some of the finest kids you ever met are parked in the cul-de-sac of their life in some of the worst neighborhoods that they normally, I met a lovely young man who was extracted out of a beautiful Orange County home. He was living over in Rubido in a group home with half gang members, and this man wanted to be a meteorologist, and he's just trying to survive the system until he can be 18. He was 17 and a half. I met him. I said, what are you doing here? And he said, you know, there was no no foster agency. They don't, nobody want, no parents want to take an older teenager. And I understand that's a challenge. It's a challenge when they're your kids, let alone a kid that's been through the system. But what an amazing young man. I went out and bought him a book on uh, hurricanes because he wanted to be a a uh, meteorologist. So, you know, look for those kids come in and say, what can I do? Befriend your group home and help them prepare for that transition. The reason I share this with you is here's the dog pound gang up in Fresno. Now, this is just one of many gangs, but I want you to understand the life they're about to go down if we don't intercede. And so while this is not necessarily uh high visibility work, it is the most powerful work of God that you can do. For more than 15 years, the gang had made money by selling drugs and luring foster children and runaways into prostitution trade with promises of freedom and riches, but kept them in check with beatings and threats of death. The human trafficking trade netted the dog pound gang more than $30,000 a week. And what they were doing is the gang members manufactured fraudulent credit cards and used them. They used foster kids to go out. And first of all, they would put them in commercial sex. But when they're not having commercial sex, then they were out using credit cards to buy fraudulent goods. Now, they weren't getting those goods. This is the same as they weren't getting to keep any of the money they earned from performing sex acts. 
they buy these goods to sell illegally to generate money. And what was happening is this gang, it was a local hometown gang in Fresno, was making on average $30,000 a week by literally preying on these foster kids and getting them to do this. It was, uh, I was looking for this in the article here. Here we go. When they pick them up, they have $50,000 in cash, 17 vehicles, including a Bentley, a Range Rover, a party bus, and a boat on there. A gun, and, and but no drugs were involved in this particular one. So it's old gang, new ways as the headline on that. And the reason I share that with you is, I want you to understand the fate of foster kids if we don't stop and intervene in the system. So it's a complex problem. How do we stop a kid from entering the system? Is there something churches can do by recognizing family? Are there something that churches can do to support foster families that are taking on kids and helping relieve that? Take a look at your grandparents raising grandkids and your single parents. Can you intercede? Can you help bring food? Can you give them some Superman clothing so they have the latest cool stuff, not the stuff from the dollar store? Uh, You know, can you come alongside and put on a symposium where you help them? Can you put on cooking shows for your local group home? Uh, Can you, um, you know, buy them uniforms, buy foster kids uniforms and group home uniforms? Can you get them a scholarship so they can go off to soccer camp? You know, there are things you can do, but what you're doing is as you release your hand and are providing this financially, you're also extending your hand to put it around them and say to them, I believe in you. And that is what that kid is craving. You can give that for free. Grandmas, grandpas, moms, dads, social workers, anybody out there, they don't want stuff. They want somebody to look them in the eye and say, I believe in you. We were born with it if we had parents. They weren't. We got lucky. They didn't. But it doesn't cost a dime to say, I believe in you. Take them, give them some music, you know, have a coffee shop band and bring them down there and let them enjoy the power of powerful music about, you know, when you walk through a storm, hold your head up high, you know, rise up on the wings of angels. You know, did you ever know that you are my hero? Let them have a vision of what they can be. Show them what they're good at and reinforce that in there. It doesn't cost a dime to let them know that you are there for them, that you love them, that they have an anchor relationship. That's what they're, every one of us are seeking. And if you're a foster child, you are seeking that with all your heart. You can take away all the goodies of the world. But don't take away, I believe in you. This is Opal Singleton. The show is Million Kids, brought to you by Million Kids. Please follow Million Kids on Facebook. Just go to Facebook, find Million Kids. You can share this show by going to exploitedcrimes.com and go under listen. You'll see the show that is uh, recorded on there. You can share it with everyone you know. You can post it on your website. I don't care. And you can contact me by writing to opal, O-P-A-L, at meandkids.org. 
You know, I have never seen a government yet that can fix a personal problem. They're doing the best they can, but that doesn't let the rest of us off the hook. I hope that you'll pray about that this week. I hope that you'll pray about supporting the work of me and kids. And I hope that wherever you're at out there around the world in one of those 170 countries, you'll do what you can to help another person in need. This is Opal Singleton. We'll see you next Thursday morning, 7 a.m., right here on Voice America Variety Channel. Thank you for tuning in this week to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Please join your host, Opal Singleton, for another edition next Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll have another important discussion next week. Thank you.